Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. For this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by pianist Kit Downs. His latest album is called Vermilion, and it is a beautiful trio album with collaborators Petter Eld on bass and James Madron on drums. I like the fact that some of these tracks were written and rehearsed several weeks earlier, and some of them were brought to the group on the day. James, Kit and Petter have a collective history of jazz in the UK, and this album shows all three of them at their best, individually and collectively. I'm really looking forward to talking to Kit. He's a musician I've been aware of for many, many years. We have some mutual friends whose names might come up in this conversation, but they may not because I might forget because I'm just so busy talking about this album. But we've played with some of the same people over the years. It's interesting that Kit was an organ scholar in Norwich before he went on to study piano, organ and composition at Purcell and then the Royal Academy of Music. He's worked with Django Bates and Lee Konitz and lots and lots of other big name musicians. This is a very, very interesting album and I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Kit talking about it. I chose the track Rolling Thunder to start this podcast conversation and I think it's a good example of what you'll find on this album. So I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with pianist Kit Downs. Welcome to Harmonious World. I'm delighted to be joined by Kit Downs. Thank you, Kit, for joining me. My pleasure. Nice to be here. Brilliant. So I understand this was recorded uh, a year ago in Lugano. That's right. Yeah, it was uh, in the kind of in the height of lockdown. There was that brief kind of month, couple of months window before it got bad again um, in the autumn. And that we managed to get ourselves out to Lugano and record this music, which by that point was about two years old because we the recording had kept getting rescheduled uh, many times. So it was a big release in all sorts of ways, that recording session. And then to be able to do it in such a beautiful sounding room with a great piano was cool too. Yeah, yeah. And did you, did you record it as it sounds like you recorded it, kind of as live? Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. There was, um, there was no, there's uh, no headphones, complete takes, no edits, all in the same room, very close together. No baffles either. So yeah, it was a very, yeah, it's like a live gig recording, basically. Yeah, because that comes across. It comes across as very intimate, mm. which is nice. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this album because it's not a conventional piano trio album at all is it I don't I'm, my perspective is skewed because I'm in it but <laughs> there's interweaving and and there are there are moments when you think what's the base where's the base the roles are quite sort of mixed up and yeah um, I mean as a sort of reference like we're very into that Bill Evans trio with Scott Lafaro and and Paul Motion, where everyone's improvising at once, um, and Eddie Gomez, and uh, Petter is a sort of soloistic 
force and voice in his own right. So that's part of the attraction of playing playing with him is that he's so uh, explosive and will never just sort of sit and walk. He's right. always trying to be as creative as possible, which it's nice. You get it's very easy to get a dialogue that way. I yeah, mean, we've been playing together for nearly twenty years, so it's everything feels very fluid. You know? Yeah, and the uh, that improvisation feel uh, it does. I I I really really love music that feels like this is that take and if you recorded it the next day or the next month or whatever it would be different because you would be in different places and you know it would work in a different way mm-hmm. yeah it's, i guess it's um that there's a sort of imp- free improvising sensibility to it a lot of the time i mean we like playing free too there's not a lot of that on this record but that's something that we like doing live and players that we admire People like John Edwards, Evan Parker and Mark Sanders, people like that, are all people that we look up to a lot. So I guess having that sense of freedom, but just on these rhythmic forms uh, is always something that we're kind of interested in. And in a way, the sort of harder the rhythmic form is or the more detail there is to deal with, it uh, forces a more creative choice out of you at a quicker rate. And there's just more more bullets to dodge (laughs) and uh, and you have to come up with creative solutions very fast and I think we all three of us enjoy that that's a common ground that we meet on that we like being stretched in order to be more creative versions of ourselves yeah and that really is clear I think Uh, you say you've been uh, you've you've worked with both of these guys you know quite a lot tell me a bit about the background of those collaborations so me and James studied together at the academy and he's just been in every band that I've had um ever since I had a band so uh, he's he's my best mate and I've known forever and uh we're very we're very close musically and and to hang out as well so um I hear I, I sort of nearly hear him playing on everything that I write when there are drums involved. (laughs) (laughs) So that's sort of, it's a bit of a given in my head, even though it's, I value it and it's a very special thing. Um, And then Petter, he, I, I heard him first with Django Bates' trio, where he was playing with Peter Brunn as well. And um, I loved how he dealt with the detail of Django's music and how creative he was on such complex material and it had come at a point where I wanted to also start trying to stretch myself a little bit particularly rhythmically um, and to also get away from this kind of chord scale relationship jazz pitfall that I felt that I was getting into a little bit and to try and playing in ways that felt more like counterpoint uh, than this very um, vertical harmony kind of way of thinking and he just threw a grenade in all of the in, in all of the coping mechanisms I had <laughs> up until that point. So it was really a reinvention getting to play with him and working out a good way to make that all sit. And for James as well. And it changed how me and James then played together as well because it changed the dynamic. And it forced us all to be quite strong in our own individual ideas and 
that's definitely the common point that we meet on is that we all want to be strong individuals as a collective unit um, rather than ever sort of having defined roles that we rely on to facilitate choice. I think it's more about that being completely fluid all the time. And even if all three of us are doing completely opposite things, just to have the trust and confidence to sit with those uh, tensions and to trust that the music will work or that we feel comfortable with it. So when you write a track or write a piece of music, do you write just the changes? Do you write the rhythm? Do you write what 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 do you come to the studio with? Yeah, there's there's no changes on any of it. That's um that I've stopped writing with chord changes after a while because I just wanted people to use their ears a bit more uh, in in the in working out what the harmony is and but not as a little test or anything. It can stay a bit more open that way. So, and also I wanted this thing about counterpoint so that no chord is fixed for the duration of the bar or the duration of the four bars that, that you can be leaning towards seven different chord colors, uh, depending on where you take your melody. Um, so the charts are usually like a melody line, maybe a second line in my left hand and maybe bits of a bass part, but Petter often just doesn't play what I've written, he just uses his ears. What is fixed is the hum, is the rhythmic forms of things. And, and uh, often with the more complex tunes, they're the, the main thing that we play off more than the harmonic form and more than the melodic form, in a way. Right. I mean, that's different from track to track. So like things like Suceda, a, a, a more conventional kind of changes tune, um, whereas tunes like Waders are, are like all about um, kind of uh, metronomic games, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. So as a pianist, you're not coming in with changes and, you know, the structure of the track. You're coming in with that rhythm. I find that fascinating. Do you ever add in, you know, a top line instrument, trumpet, sax, whatever? Yeah, often if we're playing in like a city where we've got a friend that we like, they're playing, we ask them <laughs> to come in and sit in for a couple of tunes. Oh, Ben Van Gelder's come and played with us okay. from, um, from Amsterdam and Otis Sanjo from Berlin and uh, Matt Halpin from Ireland. And various people just, if we know someone's around that we like, uh, then right. they can put in. Uh, we've also done a thing where we wrote for a large ensemble, but that was much more fixed and arranged and we had the free role inside it and that their stuff. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was for a sort of contemporary classical musical ensemble. And uh, that was a different challenge in a way, but that was fun too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Tell me about the Jimi Hendrix track. <laughs> what made you decide to do that? I mean, I love that tune. Um, yeah, I wanted to have a cover on the record, but I I like I've done this quite a bit with sort of taking tunes that I like and just trying to abstractly arrange it. So it's almost just like a remix, like you're taking stems from bits of a recording and you just sample things. So I guess it's closer to an acoustic remix than than an arrangement, really. So there's just yeah. little hints of the melody and maybe the feeling of the tune a little bit. Um, yeah, it's 
Uh, I love it when cover versions, is it, I mean, you know, whatever, um, where they're completely different. And this definitely is completely different to what the, to the original. And I always think that's a, that's a, a real tribute to the original because it's you're taking it into a different milieu or a different whatever. And, and I love that because, because I think it's, it's too easy to take, you know, I don't know, a standard and, and just redo it. And, and it, often you think well yeah that's all right but it's not adding anything it's not you know so yeah. I think it's interesting yeah I mean um I'm of the same opinion really I think there's no way you're ever there's no way we're gonna do it better than Jimi Hendrix uh, <laughs> no. with that sound not that that's the goal but um it's also such an interesting tune what I find interesting about that tune um, are precisely the things that I used to arrange it with. So things like parallel fifth movements, yeah, kind of major minory chord progressions, yeah, little fragments of melodies. They're all just my favourite bits that I've isolated and then arranged new content around in a way. Yeah, and I like that process of arrangement. You just you're always working with the things that are your favourites, rather than like I've got to arrange this whole tune for blah 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 blah. Um, I mean that's a skill, and but it's not one I have. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so it's uh, that that felt just like an extension of playing. That feels like our own tune, really. It's so, it, you know, we're not like channeling the Jimi Hendrix band when we play that in any way. It's more like a, it's more like we just um, used hit that beautiful piece of music as starting inspiration from new. Yeah, music. yeah. And that comes across. It's really nice. Um, so, what are you? What stage are you at at the moment in terms of performing live and touring and that sort of thing? It's all pretty busy at the moment because I've just moved to Berlin about three months ago, and I uh, just got my work visa for there. And things on the continent are sort of pretty pretty much back to normal. I think um, so. There's a lot of also a lot of rescheduled concerts from the last two years are all sort of happening at once and yeah it's a lot of traveling at the moment and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no that's great yeah. Berlin's such an amazing city isn't it there's so much going on musically especially yeah it's fantastic there's some of my favorite people are all, are all there like I mean you have so you have people like Kurt Rosenwinkel and Joey Barron and Greg Cohen are all there also, you have like Petter Eld and Lucy Railton, Otis Sanjo, Lucia Kadoch, all like close musical right. friends of mine. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Great. Very good. Right. Well, I will point people to kind of Bandcamp and your website and things like that on the, uh, the show notes. But thank Thanks. you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Kit Downs. Vermilion is a fascinating album and what you're listening to now is Castles Made of Sand, that Jimi Hendrix track that we were talking about at the end. Please do rate and review and share this podcast. The list is getting longer of people that I'm interviewing, but there are some fascinating people. Uh, some Grammy nominations in there and obviously some Grammy winners as well. 
So I think there's some very interesting conversations coming up and some conversations that I've already recorded. Don't forget you can also buy me a coffee. All the links are in the show notes. And thank you for joining me once more for Harmonious World. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week. And please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World. <laughs>